thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. You may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. the top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We're so glad to welcome you today to Jesus the Healer broadcast. We thank you for taking the time to be with us. And I tell you what, I'm believing that you get answers today. Thank God for the answer of the word. Why? So that we can become doers of the word. And so we're so glad to have you with us. Get your Bible, get your notepad, get a pen or pencil, follow along with us. And you know, I've found this out many times, even when I'm sitting in services with someone else ministering, that God will say things to me that the preacher didn't even say. And that's what happens under the anointing of the word. So I'm believing things that are very particular to your life. I'm believing that God will give me words for your life, but also be listening for words that he says that I didn't say, because it'll be a help to your life. Um, God had us and directed us to be teaching on the subject of the mind, because I tell you what, um, our believing is affected by our thinking. So how we think uh, directs our believing, how we believe directs our speaking, how we speak directs our actions, and our actions direct what we receive from the Lord. And so when we think right, we end up receiving right. If we think wrong, it hinders and affects us receiving the fullness of what God's already made ours. And so God has done his part by providing the inheritance, the blessings that belong to us in Christ. Now we have to do our part of receiving. And thinking right is part of receiving. Amen. Amen. And so uh, all the blessings of God that belong to us, healing and prosperity and peace and joy and victory, all these things that belong to us. We can't leave out that also what belongs to us is a sound mind, that we think right. And just as you use your faith to lay hold of all that God's made ours, also use your faith for your sound mind. That's right. Amen. Amen. And uh, our golden text that we've been starting with, with each episode is 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Notice, this is what we have. It's not what he's going to give us. This is what he has joined to our lives at the new birth. That's when we moved into that. And so now it's our privilege to become skillful with a sound mind. Because there are things that will come against the mind that aren't sound. And we need to become skillful at resisting what draws us away from soundness. And accepting what draws us into the thoughts of God. Amen. Amen. 
I like what the Amplified says. It says about a sound mind that it's a calm mind. It's a well-balanced mind. It's a disciplined mind and a self-controlled. So much of the time we have to remember that people are trying to get help uh, through natural means. They're trying to get help through their emotions. They're trying to get help through their feelings, but help comes through your spirit. It comes through putting the word in your spirit, putting the word in your mind. It comes, help comes through the word. Amen. Amen. And so when we give, we, we, uh, we take that word and we make it part of our spirits. We take that word and we make it part of our thought life. That's where help comes from. Amen. Amen. And uh, in the previous episode we were talking about, now let me quote to you first, um, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says this, be not conformed to this world, but be ye, look at the next word, transformed. That's what God offers us, transformation. Once you're saved, transformation belongs to you. Amen but you don't float into it. Transformation comes because we did something in line with the word. And what is that? Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? By the renewing of the mind. So notice this, the renewing of the mind brings us into a transformed life. What's sad is when a Christian gets saved, but none of their life demonstrates that. They still live like they did before they were saved. They act like they did before they were saved. They talk like they did before they were saved. They think like they did before they were saved. And they're being robbed. I said they're being robbed because God offers you a transformed life. In that transformation process is a spiritual maturing, a spiritual development, spiritual growth. You know, when a, when a baby is born into the world, it's born a baby. It's not born a teenager. It's not born a full-grown adult. It starts out as a baby, and it develops and grows into maturity and into adulthood. It's the same thing spiritually. When you're born again, you are a babe in Christ. And that's not the wrong place to be. That's part of the spiritual divine process that you're a babe in Christ, but as a babe desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So as you feed on, as you take in the milk of the word, you start growing and then you start taking in the meat of the word. What is all this? This is talking about the spiritual growth and the spiritual development of the life of the believer. Don't be content to stay a baby. Don't be okay with staying spiritually young. You want to come into maturity. You know, um, children, they spend years riding with their parents in a car. The parent drives them everywhere. But as that child grows, there comes a time when they become a teenager, they don't want mom and dad driving them everywhere. They want to take the driver's seat for themselves. Why? Because there's an independence that they can come when they can drive. I remember my mother was always glad when there were four kids in our family and she was always glad when we each got our driver's license because now she had an errand boy. We got to go run her errands for her. One time she sent 
me five times in one day to the grocery store. And I said, have you ever thought of the word list? <laughs> because she saw me as somebody who could now help her in a way because I had matured enough and grown enough to get a driver's license. When you mature, God can use you in ways he couldn't use you before you matured. My mother couldn't send me to the grocery store for her before I had a driver's license. I wasn't the same help to her. She loved me the same. But I don't, I, uh, she didn't just want to love me. She wanted to benefit from me, <laughs> right? Amen. She wanted to be able to yeah. use me as an assist to her. Yeah. God always loves us, yeah. but I don't want to just be loved by God. Thank God for that. Yes. But I also want to be a blessing to yes. him. Amen. I want to be available to him. Amen. And that happens as we grow and mature, then he can bring us into greater usefulness. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. My mother had, uh, my mother loved antique furniture and she didn't like, um, she liked more of the European type antiques and uh, really beautiful pieces that had inlaid wood and marble and different things like that. And she would have some uh, sitting by a fireplace in her living room. For years, she had these beautiful antique chairs and she had recovered them. And they were lovely, but you couldn't sit on them. She said, don't you sit on those chairs. And um, they were of great value, but of little use. Yes, yes. We are all of great value to God. Why? Because we were purchased with precious blood. Yes the value of the blood. <laughs> and we were purchased with a great price. He loves every single one of his children. And I know you're like me. I not only want to be loved, I want to be of great use to him. And as we mature and grow, we become of great use, greater use to God. So as we renew, our, the further we renew our minds, the further he can take us into usefulness. Amen. Amen. And I want to go to those places of working with him. The, the word says that we're to be co-laborers with God. That's right. That means that it's not just us sitting back and waiting for God to do something. We realize that we have a part to take yes. and we take our part. That's right. Amen. Amen. So part of that, to live a transformed life, we have to renew our minds. It's the renewing of the mind that offers us the transformed life. That's right. And uh, so Paul calls it the renewing of the mind. In the previous episode we were talking about, James calls it the saving of your soul. He said in James chapter 1, verse 21, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And he was talking to Christians. He was telling them, you're born again, but your soul's not saved. What's he saying? Your mind's not renewed. Yes. And when your mind isn't renewed, you, um, the devil can push you around a little easier. That's right. Not that he has more authority over you, but when you don't know some things, right. the devil takes advantage of you not having a renewed mind and he brings difficulty and hardship right. that really could be avoided if you have the, if, if, as you renew your mind. Yes. So he says, uh, save your souls. What is that? The word finding its home in your heart. Mm -hmm. The word finding its home in your thought life. Yes. Your spirit needs the word, but your mind needs the word. And so he says, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Yes. So that was what James said. But John said this in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, 
I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So John calls the renewing of the mind the prospering of the soul. So they all mean the same thing. And then David, when he wrote in his psalm in in Psalm 23, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Now notice that phrase. He restores my soul. He, you don't just sit inactive and then he restores your soul. Right. You don't just wake up one morning and go, oh, my soul got renewed. <laughs> no, my soul got restored. No, that happens as we cooperate with him. Yes. He right. restores our soul as we cooperate with his word. He does not restore our soul apart from us. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. As we feed on his word, make his thoughts, our thoughts, make his words, our words as we do that. And then make, uh, faith actions, our actions. We're a doer of the word. Then he restores our soul through that word he made available to us. What a thrill. It's a joyous work and it's a process. Now, the more we give ourselves to that process, the quicker this process will happen. Now, as I said, my mother, she, she enjoyed antiques. She, she, in, she enjoyed the restoration process as much as she enjoyed just owning the pieces. And she, would, she realized when she would walk into a store that had some beautiful antique furniture and she saw that it needed refinishing or restoring, she could always picture what it would be after it's restored. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Others would walk by it and see no value, but she saw hidden value. Yes. Amen. She saw hidden beauty. And so uh, even if the beauty wasn't very apparent, mm-hmm. she knew it was there. Yes. And so she would take that furniture home. I can't tell you the number of times I came into the house and we had a long kitchen table and she'd have newspapers covering the whole table maybe a chair, maybe a small table that would be sitting up there. She would have out the paint stripper and the, and the, you know, the different tools and, and things. She'd have uh, scrapers and uh, sandpaper and all this stuff. And she would be working on that because she knew the restoration process was a process. Yes. Now, she wasn't like some. When she bought it, that piece immediately she put her hands to it to restore it. She didn't put it out and leave it for years somewhere and then just keep adding furniture that needed to be restored. As soon as she bought it, she started that restoration process. She didn't just have a garage full of unrestored furniture. We don't want to have a life full of an unrestored mind. We want to immediately put it on the table of our intent. And let's get to work. And it's a joyful work. It's not a hard work. People say, well, we're not saved by works. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about the restoring of the soul. We're not saved by works, but after we're saved, works are everything. Doing the work of the word, doing the work of believing. Amen. Works are called for, for us to develop and grow up spiritually, not to earn something, but to come into what he's already made ours. We have to do our part. 
And so there is a part to renewing the mind. You won't go to bed with an unrenewed mind and then just wake up with a renewed one. It's because we gave, we gave uh, attention to the word. That's what, that's what it says in Proverbs chapter four, verse 20, my son attend to my words. What's he saying? You're going to have a part in this. There's a work for you to do. You have to put your attention on the word. Well, how do you do that? You fill your mouth with the word. You fill your eye with the word. You fill your ear with the word. That's how you attend to the word and you become a doer of it. So mother, she would get out that that she'd get out all of her equipment. She'd get out every tool she needed to restore that piece of work. Um, and that effort was not a burden to her. She enjoyed that process. It energized her. I mean, she loved doing it because she knew without the process of restoring it, she couldn't enjoy the furniture the same. God has given us richly all things to enjoy, but the more we, the further we renew our mind, the more we'll enjoy what he's provided for us. Amen. Amen. Likewise, the restoring of the mind, it is a process. It will require our attention. Don't shun that restoration process. Don't turn it over to somebody else. You can't turn it over to somebody else. You can't turn it over to your spouse. You can't turn it over to your pastor. You can't turn it over to your say mama and daddy. <laughs> you, you have to do your part. Amen. And um, if you're faithful to it, I tell you what, the transformation that will happen in your life will be astounding. Amen. Now, we can speed up that restoration process or we can slow it down. You are the one who measures the rate of your restoration process. God doesn't measure it. You are. Um, let's say you were in a room that needed painting. It's a large room. Uh, if you will give an all-out effort, you can have that room painted really in a short amount of time. If you have all your tools, you know how to use your tools. You have all the supplies there. You start painting and you don't stop and watch TV. Don't stop and run errands. Don't stop and eat, have your snack, you know. But if you give an all-out effort and just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Even when your arm gets tired, keep going, right? Just keep going. It won't be long. That room will be done. But if you decide, you know what, you're not real interested in that getting finished, you can walk by one day, make, take, dip that paint in the roller pan, yes. make one roll, put the, paint, put the paint roller down, walk off. Next week, come in, make another run or another pass with that roller, put it down and walk off. Well, it's getting painted, but man, it's going to take a long time before it's finished. It's going to take a long time before you enjoy it, and you're going to be embarrassed to show company. Well... Yeah. How long is it taking you to do this? Oh, three months. Well, there's like four stripes of paint on your wall. How come it's taken, you know, three months? Well, I'm only that interested in it. That's it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you see, how interested we are yes. determines our rate of restoration process. Amen. Let's make ourselves interested. Amen. That some, what, we, what we end up doing, and really not always meaning to, is we get distracted by the unimportant. Yes. There are, I realize, you know, we have responsibilities in life, but I tell you, don't neglect this divine privilege Amen. of renewing the mind. Don't let the unimportant yes. take the place 
of this divine flow of renewing the mind. And she knew that the restoration process on the piece of furniture that she was restoring was determined by how much time she gave to it. Yes. You know, every time you go to church and sit under your pastor and hear the word and take it in and become a doer of that word, oh my goodness, the refinishing that happens in your life, the restoring that happens in your life. Your, your children benefit from it. Your marriage benefits from it. Your business benefits from it. Your health benefits from it. Your peace level benefits from it. Your joy level benefits from it. Amen. And uh, I tell you, to treat that process as important in your life, it, it, it'll, it'll make all the difference in your life. My husband and I were married um, almost 30 years before he went home to be with the Lord. He, um, there was 20 years difference. He was 20 years older than I was. And uh, so when we got married, uh, I was a baby Christian. He had been in the ministry for years. And uh, he was a minister and had pastored and had been in the ministry for years and had a precious ministry. But uh, through that almost 30 years of marriage, we had literally heaven in our home. And it wasn't because God loved us. And it wasn't because we loved God. It was because we were transforming our lives through the renewing yes. of the mind. Amen. You can love God. Yes. Listen, God loves you. Yes. But what transforms your life mm -hmm. is renewing the mind. That's right. That's right. Amen. 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 Many times uh, people will sit back and just say, well, God loves me. This he absolutely does. And I don't diminish that in any way. But because he loves us, yeah. he won't leave us like he found us. Right. He needs our cooperation Amen. to come into yes. Amen. The kind of life he authored for us, which is a transformed life. And that happens through the renewing of the mind. And that's why we had heaven in our home, because it wasn't just him renewing his mind. It wasn't just me renewing my mind. Both of us were interested in renewing our minds. Um, we were interested in our own spiritual development. Mm -hmm. I was not content, although he was a minister, had a, had a precious anointing, a precious uh, ministry on it that, he, that, that blessed so many people. I wasn't content just to live under the umbrella of his faith. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wanted my own fellowship with yes. God. Amen. Now, he suddenly left this earth and changed addresses in 2013. Now, what if I had just been content to live under the umbrella of his faith? That day would have been my day of undoing. I would have been left without not knowing what to do because that's the risk of staying spiritually undeveloped. But because I had been renewing my mind, did I do it perfectly? No. But I'm just saying I was progressing. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And I progressed and I progressed just like you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so whenever he exited my life on this earth, now he didn't exit my life. I'll see him again, but I'm saying on this earth. Yes. Um, it did not throw us off course as a family. Yes. That's because right. the renewing of the mind held us on course. Amen. Amen. 
Listen, people are going to enter your life. People are going to exit your life. But you don't have to go off course when they enter or when they exit. And it's the renewing of the mind that's going to hold you steady. Why? Because you know what God says. You know what God will do. You have skill. When you're renewing the mind, you're skillfully living the word. Amen. And no one can give you their skill. You know, if if you had someone who was maybe the heavyweight boxing champion of the world, and I don't know what, they give them like a wide belt, something like this, that as a trophy. A heavyweight boxing champion can leave that belt to his son when he dies. And he possesses that belt, but he doesn't possess the skill. <laughs> Just because he holds the belt doesn't mean he's got the skill. You don't want to get in that boxing arena just because you got the belt. You want to have his worth too. What's his worth? His skill. You don't just want to have something valuable. You want to have the worth of knowing, the wealth of knowledge. And it's the same thing. I wasn't content. My husband, precious man of God, uh, a mature Christian, blessed so many, but that wasn't my maturity. His maturity was not my maturity. His spiritual development was not my spiritual development. Your pastor's spiritual growth is not your spiritual growth. Your spouse's spiritual development is not yours. (laughs) Now their spiritual development can bless you, but it still cannot transform you until you grow up. And what a privilege to grow up spiritually. Amen. Amen. And that's why we had heaven in our home. One day we were watching someone, my husband and I are watching an interview on television. The person that was being interviewed said, well, they were asked a question about their marriage. And the person being interviewed said, well, my, my wife and I have had to work on our marriage. And I turned to my husband and I said, have we had to work on our marriage? He said, not that I know of. And you go, what do you mean you didn't work on your marriage? You know what I worked on? Renewing my mind. When I renewed my mind, I thought right about my marriage. Then marriage problems couldn't get in. When I renew my mind, I don't have to work on my relationship with my boss. I don't have to work on my relationship with my spouse in the same way. I don't have to work on my relationship with others in the sense of I take the renewed mind to all of those relationships and then they work when I'm doing the word. Now on their part, I, if, 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 if the relationship is failing on their side, I can't do that, but I can do my part. So what am I saying? If you'll focus on renewing your mind, it will affect every other arena of your life. It will make a difference in every other arena. You won't just have to focus on bailing this arena out of the ditch and bailing that arena out of the ditch. Just renew your mind and it will elevate everything in your life, in every single arena of your life. What a thrill. Amen. Well, we've been teaching out of this book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. I tell you what, I'm so grateful that the Word addresses our thought life. God gives us his thoughts. Let's take them. Amen. Make them part of our lives. So go to DufresneMinistries.org and you can get hold of it. We're so glad you joined us today. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org.
Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, September 4th through the 8th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.